This is the Big Church Podcast. Well, good morning, Big Church. Welcome to another Sunday morning. Who's excited to be in the house today? Yes, me too. I want to welcome all of you that are watching online this morning. And um, I'm going to get really real with you this morning. I'm going to get pretty vulnerable. Hope you're ready for this. But since March, being a pastor has been hard. And you might be thinking, but wasn't last March harder than this March? Because that's when COVID happened and that's when we were quarantined. But can I just tell you that God equipped all of us for that season? And now we're on the back end of a global pandemic and um, church is back. Things are starting to pick back up and our church has become in recovery mode and questioning like, what do we do now? Because it's not the same. So what do we do to move forward? And not to mention, we just came through one of the busiest seasons we've ever gone through at Big Church. From March to June, it was a whirlwind. And I just want you to know, before I get too deep into this, that every pastor, every worship leader, and every ministry leader carries a weight that just coming to church you would never understand and this season has been extremely hard on me the last two times I've preached I've cried (laughs) but it's been extremely hard and it's been hard for me to break through So last Sunday after church, we went home. Um, Actually, we grabbed lunch because, you know, your girl's got to eat. And I don't cook on Sunday. So we went home, and I sat on the couch, and I just began to cry, like heavy. I would begin to talk, and I would begin to cry. And um, I cried all day, and I cried all night. And I got honest with Pastor Rich, and I said, listen, if something doesn't change, I'm done. The next morning, I got vulnerable with our staff, and I told them exactly everything that I'd been feeling and the heaviness and just stuff going on that the enemy is placing in our church right now that is division, that is ugliness, that is just not from God. And I said to our staff through tears, like I'm doing today, probably a little more dramatic. um, But I said to them at the end, I said, I'm not sure I'm the girl for the job. But we've all been faced with a time where we wanted to quit, right? You may have wanted to quit a job. You may have wanted to quit your marriage. Or you might be there right now. You're like, my goodness, nothing is changing. I keep saying what I need, and I'm not getting it. Maybe you wanted to quit being a parent because teenagers are crazy. Or maybe your baby keeps crying all the time, and you're like, I want to quit. I remember my second son, Colby, Lord have mercy, he had 
colic. And literally from the time he woke up until the time he fell asleep in the car when I drove around all night would be the only, he would cry all the time and in the car would be the only time he would not cry. So we did that a lot. But I remember one night putting him down on the couch because I was exhausted and exasperated and I said, I quit. I don't want to do this anymore. And maybe some of you are sitting here looking at me right now and saying, you know what? I want to quit following Jesus because it's hard. And that usually happens because something tragic may have happened and you're now mad at God. Or maybe someone's hurt you that should have never hurt you, somebody in the church. Or maybe the desires of the world are looking far too good right now because I'm going to church with a bunch of people and we're all just staying in this cycle of mess. People are messy. Ministry's messy. And you may be finding yourself at a place right now that you just want to quit. It says in Acts 20, 24, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. But if we quit, if we quit our marriages and quit being a parent and maybe quit following Jesus, we're not finishing the work that was assigned to us. And according to the word, this isn't Pastor Mindy saying this, this is the word. Then your life will be worth nothing. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. God, you know every heart. You know every mind. You know every emotion that we've stuffed and not confronted. And Lord, today we ask that you expose everything. Expose everything in our life so that you can take us to the next level. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to preach a message today titled, I Quit. We're going to be looking at a time when the prophet Jeremiah wanted to quit. I love Jeremiah because he reminds me a lot of David. Emotional. Like in the Psalms, David in one sentence was praising and rejoicing God and dancing naked. I mean, just the happiest person in the world. But then one or two sentences down, he was like, I give up. Uh, my life is a mess. I just want to quit. I, I, I'm a failure. Yada, yada. I'm down in the dumps. Just in the next sentence. Can anyone relate? Me last Sunday. LOL. <laughs> Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. And in the book of Jeremiah, we get to look into the life of Jeremiah. We get to know his emotions. We get to know his thoughts. And we get to know the private life that he lived. You guys, there were many prophets in the Bible that, that the Bible talks about. And there are many prophets today. Um, and their role is to give words or share words or proclaim God's word to the body of Christ, right? And um, some 
prophetic words are encouraging and happy, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go do that. But some prophetic words, hear me, hear me, because we're kind of in a season right now that we only think prophecy is positive. But prophetic words can bring warning so that we know how to pray, so that we know how to step into the next season. And guess what? Jeremiah was the weeping prophet because he was chosen to always bring the depressing words. Let me warn you a little bit here today. Let me tell you how your life is going to be turned upside down. Let me tell you how bad it's really going to be. So why wouldn't he cry every day? Why wouldn't he be called the weeping prophet? He got to deliver all the depressing messages. He had to tell God's people, you're going to suffer famine. You're going to be taken into captivity. And everything that you have is going to be taken from you. Have a good day. <laughs> Let me give you a little backstory of where our text is taken from today. Jeremiah had just prophesied to Jerusalem that they would be handed over to the Babylonian army. And God had told Jeremiah to give the priest, you know, the preacher, the pastor, the one who, like, has it all together that everybody thinks, a new name. And the name that God told Jeremiah to give him was fear on every side. And, of course, they didn't like what Jeremiah had to say. So they began to mock him, talk about him, and then tear him down until he wanted to quit. Isn't that like how we are? We read the word and we know what God says, but we, don't lo we love Jesus for all the good things. But we don't like it when we've got to stay in these boundaries and when there's consequences on the other side of the boundaries because we don't want to obey. Listen to Jeremiah 20. And I'm going to be reading 7 through 10. It says, oh, Lord, you misled me. And I allowed myself to be misled. You are stronger than I am, and you overpowered me. Now I'm mocked every day, and everyone laughs at me. When I speak, the words burst out. Violence and destruction, I shout. So these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his words burn in my heart like a fire. It's, a fi it's like a fire shut up in my bones is what the New King James Version says. Or yes, I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. I've heard the many rumors about me. They call me the man who lives in terror. They threaten. If they say anything, we will report it. Even my old friends are watching me, waiting for a fatal slip. He will trap himself, they say, and then we will get our revenge on him. See, Jeremiah was stuck in between I quit and I can't quit. I love the Lord, and I know what he's asked me to do, and I want to quit, but I can't quit. So what do you do when you want to quit? Well, the first thing that you do is you be honest. Tell God how you feel. You guys, he sees all, he knows all, so there's no point in hiding it from him. 
He already knows. And listen, he never intended you to hide it from him anyway. He wanted to be your ever-present help in time of, of trouble. In verse 7, Jeremiah was honest with God. Oh, Lord, Ugh, you misled me. And I allowed myself to be misled. What a bonehead, Jeremiah. You're stronger than I am, and you overpowered me. Now, everywhere I go, people make fun of me. People mock me every day, and they laugh at me. But just like Jeremiah, when we're angry, when we're upset, when we're frustrated, when we feel betrayed, we need to take our emotions to God and be honest. Cry, scream, get frustrated. I want to assure you that God can handle the real you. He already knows we're a mess, <laughs> and he's not afraid of our mess. And trust me, God would much, much rather you take it out on him than take it out on everybody around you. Let's face it. There is a lot of dishonesty in relationships. Dishonesty in the relationships sitting on our left and right and dishonesty with God. And you guys, I'm not saying we're liars to the people around us and God. What I'm saying is we're not being completely forthcoming. We're hiding. We're stuffing. We're not dealing with and getting honest. It's like taking anger... My husband made me angry, and instead of dealing with it and say, you know what, you really made me angry when you said whatever. No, we take anger, and we shove it under the rug. It's like taking hurt and saying, you know, they may have meant to do that, or they may not have. But instead of dealing with it, and say, hey, that really hurt my feelings, we take it and we shove it under the rug. And then our future is not so bright anymore. We don't know if we're going to have a job next week. We don't know what God has for our future. We don't know until last week that we're moving to Destin, Florida. We don't know what God has for us. And so instead of saying, God, I'm a little fearful of this season, we take fear and we shove it under the rug. And then all of this piles up. Things that we didn't deal with. And we find ourselves on a couch crying all afternoon. And we find ourselves in despair. And if we aren't careful, depression will take over and it will eat our lunch. So we're depressed and we're just going to stuff it, you know. Because who really cares if we're depressed or not? Or let's say you've got a real busy week and you're used to doing it all by yourself. So um, you're just letting it stack on and stack on and stack on. And you feel your heart flutter a little bit. You have a hard time breathing. 
You can't sleep at night, and you're full of anxiety, but instead of saying, hey, I need help, we're just going to shove it under the rug. And eventually, all of the things that we've shoved under the rug are now being able to be seen by everybody around us. Our emotions are sticking out and we're taking it out on people that don't even deserve it. So then we're noticing, oh my goodness, I'm a mess. And everybody knows I'm a mess. So, okay, I'm going to stuff them a little bit more. Technical difficulty. <laughs> I'm going to stuff them a little bit more. But look, I may have put them down a little bit, but they're still sticking out. And they will continue to stick out in your life until you suit up and you show up and you have the conversations that matter. We only heal when we reveal. We absolutely must quit stuffing and do what we need to do. Have you ever taken out your anger or your frustration on somebody that didn't deserve it? Hello, parents with your kids. We had a bad day, and our kids go, Mommy, Daddy, Mommy, Daddy, I want to show you something. You're like, what? Guilty. And it's not fair. It's not fair that we're too prideful or we're too self-indulged or whatever your reason is, it's not fair to somebody else to peace out and not deal with something and let the enemy begin telling them lies. You see, if we would just be honest from the start, it would give us freedom. One thing that we say around here often is vulnerability plus accountability equals freedom. So we must be honest when we want to quit. The second thing that we need to do is be obedient. Verse 9 says, but if I say, I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name. His words burn in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. You know the way God wired you. You know your passions, and you know what God has on your life and has called you to do. And you know, deep down in your heart, that Jesus is the only thing that will ever satisfy you. You can't quit. Nobody or nothing else can fill that God-sized hole that he put in our spirit no job or success will do it. No amount of money. I know, lot, lot, I know several people that make lots of money that are as miserable as people that don't make that much money. So money's not going to fill it. No relationship, no guy, no girl, no friend, no child. Only Jesus will fill that Place. So we've got to quit putting all those things above the one that can take everything. Jeremiah, he was trying to run because the pain was just too great. And you know, I have a little secret. If you'll apply to your life today, it'll change your life. You can run. 
but you can't hide. God will chase you down, and he's going to continue to knock, 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 and remind you that he has something for you. He has a purpose. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. You know what that means? That means we can't try to look good doing what we know to do, coming to church, smiling, paying our tithes, raising our hands in worship, and going through the motions. We have to do what God tells us to do. God would rather us obey than go through the, um, the motions. So we need to be obedient when we just want to quit. The third thing that we need to do is be watchful. And verse 11 says, but the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Before him, my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. God's with you. He's got your back. As a matter of fact, his word promises he will never leave us nor forsake us. And Psalms 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. And Lauren Daigle, how many of y'all love Lauren Daigle? Yeah. She has a song that says, look up, child. Listen to the words. Where are you now when darkness seems to end? Where are you now when the world is crumbling? Oh, I, I, I hear you say, I hear you say, look up, child. Look up, child. Psalm 121.1 says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So we have to be watchful. We have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus so that we don't quit. And the last way is be a worshiper. Worship is our warfare. Worship isn't a song we sing. It is not the time we spend at church or the song we listen to on the way to work. It is so much more. The Bible actually says everything we do is worship unto the Lord. So it's the smile that you give to the cashier at Kroger on your way home. Is it a full smile from your heart or is it a half smile just to say that you've done it? It's the tip we leave the waiter. It's the way we clean our house, Pastor Rich. It's the way <laughs> It's the way we give and it's the way we treat people even when it's behind their back. It's all worship. Notice how it doesn't say it's, life is going to be easy. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Not easy, abundantly. Not easy, but abundantly. Not easy, but abundantly. He tells us, you are going to suffer. 
in, for my name's sake. You will have trials and tribulations. But what I can tell you, it's so much better with Jesus on your side. We're not suffering alone. You know, the apostle Paul was thrown in jail once, twice, oh my gosh, so many times. And uh, he could have easily quit. But one night, in the midnight hour, they began to worship God. And through their worship, all of the walls of the jail cell fell down. And your worship can break down walls for other people around you like it did them. Too many times we come in here on a Sunday morning and we're singing the songs and we're mad. Or we don't know what we're feeling, so we just stand there and worship and watch everybody else worship. And maybe that's because we've gotten to a point where we don't feel worthy to worship. But baby, can I tell you, it's your worship that brings breakthrough. You might be feeling guilty about your past week, but it's your worship that brings breakthrough with that. Be a worshiper because your worship matters not only to you, but those around you. Last Sunday, I wanted to quit. But God so sweetly knew everything that I was going through. And I always get here early so that I'm just in the presence of the Lord with just them up on the platform and I'm not having people talk to me and I just come in and I worship on my own. And I was already feeling this immense pressure to quit. And they began to say, something has to break. And I just began to cry. And my cry turned into a prayer when I began to cry out to God. And he gave me this very message. He said to me, and, and I took out my phone and opened the notes. And he said, so what do you do when you want to quit? And he only gave me three of the four, but and not in particular order, but he said, worship, obey, and keep your eyes on me. And I just was being obedient there, wrote it down, did not have a clue what I was going to encounter Sunday afternoon. Don't ever tell me that God is not with you and that he doesn't hear your cries as a matter of fact the bible says that he catches our tears and those become prayers to him can i tell you he is so intimately involved in your life that you don't have to do anything but listen and he's going to take you to the next place so What do you do when you want to quit? I knew there had to be scripture for what he told me. Because, ladies and gentlemen, anything you go through in life, there's answers in the word. But too many times we're running, I run to Pastor Rich, well, what do you think this means? Or I run to a friend, what do you think it means? Let's go to God because he'll give you the answer and it'll be through the word. And you know, every time that I'm dealing with something, I always 
Google, Google, and I go to Google and I say whatever it is that I want to answer for, and then at the end I just type scripture. <laughs> so, so what do you do when you want to quit? Scripture. And it took me to Jeremiah 20. And as I began to read it, I had no idea that the three words he gave me were right there in the text. He knows you. And he speaks exactly what you need. We just need to be listening. So what he showed me when I wanted to quit is I had to be honest. No more faking it. And I love the Lord, and I come in, and I, it is real worship when I am, I am before him. But I wasn't honest with my emotions. So I got honest with my emotions with Rich all afternoon. He didn't even know what to do with me. <laughs> I mean, I was a mess. Um, but I also was honest with God. And I was honest with our staff. And can I tell you, that same week, I took it a step further and was like, I've been feeling this, and I set up an inner healing session. We can either stay stuck or we can do what we know to do to get breakthrough. The second thing that I learned is I needed to be obedient. I needed to be watchful. I had to turn my eyes to Jesus instead of all the distractions around me. Instead of the people pulling me this way and that way and feeling like I'm the rope in the middle of a tug of war. I had to cut off toxicity. I had to pull myself and say, toxic, I've got to be in a place where there's peace. I had to be obedient and do that. And then I had to be a worshiper with everything I had, even though I didn't feel like it. Would you all stand? You may be here today and you're saying, I don't need to quit. Because I never even started a relationship with Jesus. Well, baby, today could be your day. Today could be a day that would change your life forever. And I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to come to the edge of the stage with all eyes closed. If that's you and you've never committed your life to Jesus, would you just slip up your hand if that's what you want to do? Oh, great, we're all saved. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Okay, now, uh, if you're watching online and you have never committed your life to Jesus, there's going to be a prompt in the comments below. If you would just hit that email and fill that out, we want to connect with you this week. And, you know, for the rest of us saved folks, maybe we have been feeling like, yeah, I want to quit. I want to quit my marriage. I want to quit following Jesus. I just want to quit because this is so hard. I want you to meet us up here at the altar, and I want you to repent and recommit 
commit your life to the Lord because he does not want you to quit. He's got something for you. You just have to partner with what he's saying. Go ahead and begin to make your way. Pride is not going to get in the way today. If your heart's beating out of your chest, go ahead. Come on. It just takes the first person stepping out on faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead. Come on. Jesus is with you. He's got a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. Do not quit. Don't quit. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.